Hello, Peter. What's happening? Uh, we have sort of a problem here. This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the Blurring the Lines podcast. I am, as always, your host, Peter Nicolaitis. With me is my co-host, Adam Bell, but this is episode 201, which is hard to believe that we have done this more than 200 times. <laughs> more than 200 times, yes. Yes, it is it is hard to believe, and I can't I... believe they've all been listened to. <laughs> I mean, we don't know that. They might not have, right? <laughs> I mean, I listen to most episodes, but not all of them. So. Well, I, I check the uh, I check our analytics, and, and we get listened to. We don't have any episodes that are zero. Do we get listened to, or do we get downloads? I, well, I don't know that. <laughs> Aha! That's what I'm saying, you know? Well, you, can't actually... download, you can't listen to it without downloading it, but you could download without listening. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Well, we have lots of downloads and, you know, downloads equals revenue. So, right, right. We just make it up on volume. <laughs> and oh, and we're, we're just about ready to retire from the revenue that we've made from this. It'll probably be episode 210 and we'll be done. I was thinking within the next 10 or 12. Yeah, we're, I'm ready to punch out. So. <laughs> oh, man. I got to I got to give a little bit of a rant before we go too far, too much further. Okay. Um, so, but but um, I I, I got to talk about insurance and bill pay. Two things. So two, two unrelated things. Two unrelated things, but somewhat related. You have to pay your insurance bills. Yeah. So uh, the latest issue of Consumer Reports came out, and they rated um, auto insurance providers. Okay. And it's a you know like in classic insurance Consumer Reports fashion, you know it's a yeah, full on page. It's all blurry because you know because of my blurring background <laughs> ah, there you it's perfect right there don't move oh it's human <laughs> yeah so anyway <laughs> they rated dozens of different insurance providers for you know for auto and stuff and i looked and i found that my insurance provider is dead last uh, well, in terms of customer satisfaction uh premiums Claims they said was a little bit better than Who, others. Who's your um, provider since it's public information anyway? Liberty Mutual Insurance Companies. Yeah, okay. I've right. never used them. Yeah. Where, where's so, Allstate? Uh, Allstate is uh, only two up from the bottom. Yeah. I don't use them anymore either. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> what, about, um, what about Cincinnati? I uh, don't see them on the list. Uh, no, Cincinnati Insurance Company. They're actually pretty good. They're, yeah. they're up there in the, they're at, they're in like the upper, upper quadrant. Right. So, so Liberty Mutual too, they sort of have the home field advantage. Their headquarters is only like half hour or so away from me up in New Liberty, Hampshire. Liberty, right. Liberty. That one. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, inspired by this, I decided to make some calls and check some others. Right. Mm -hmm. So the first one I looked on the list only applies to like armed forces members. 
the next one doesn't offer coverage here in in Massachusetts. So the third one down, I you know got him started giving a quote, and it's really interesting because I have four policies right now, not from mm-hmm. separate from my business, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like not not business policies, not health cop policies, you know, none of those. I just I have uh, condo insurance and my my residence, my rental, my car, and I have an umbrella policy. So those mm-hmm. are the four I'm talking about. And it's interesting because all the coverages are almost identical, except the other company that I'm looking at, they uh, insist on some higher coverages for certain things. Like they're like, there's one that has to be at least 50% of another line item, right? Mm-hmm. So if one line item is 20,000, this other one has to be 10, whereas Liberty would let me do it a little lower. That said, with all the major, you know, collision, uh, you know, accidental death and dismemberment, uh, you know, coll- you know, all these other uh, sections being the same, some of the policies are significantly more expensive. Like two of them are more expensive with Amica, the new product, the new company I'm looking at, mm-hmm. and two of them are significantly less expensive. But when mm-hmm. it comes out in in the end, they come out like ten percent cheaper. Mm-hmm. over the course of the year so yeah i'll do that i'll switch over to them right plus overall generally higher customer satisfaction ratings yeah essentially they're rated consumer reports gave them a higher rating in everything across the board than liberty okay so that and it's cheaper yeah i'll switch mm-hmm. sure so That's i thought cool. that was kind of interesting though you know maybe good to just every now and then reconsider your you know car insurance because you're your insurance provider, they may very occasionally do things like lower your premiums, but it's going to be based on your driving habits, right? Or mm-hmm. the overall aggregate of everyone they're covering, right? Yeah. So they're not just going to go like, hey, Adam, you know, did you know you could just save your money, you know, save money by paying us less money if you just do this? You know, they, mm-hmm. they don't do that a lot unless it's like auto pay, which benefits them right. more than it benefits you, right? So the one drawback was um, I, at first I was like, I, they wanted me to switch to annual payments versus monthly, which I have with Liberty. Mm-hmm. Then I didn't realize that by paying monthly with Liberty, I'm actually paying more. So, you know, like <laughs> if I owed like $10 a month for a specific coverage, it, if I had paid it annually, it would have been less than $120. Mm. And I didn't catch that until just reviewing my coverages right now. So, yeah. So that's one thing I'm working on is doing a little bit of, uh, you know, insurance restructuring, so to speak. <laughs> so. Well, if you had to pay what I pay in insurance, you would throw up with uh, two girls. I've got I've got five vehicles, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, two two daughters and, you know, in college. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I, I pay a lot of money for these things. But I yeah. kind of I kind of chalked it up to this is the cost of doing business. This is the cost yeah. of doing my life. I don't yep. I don't want to pay these things. But yep. at the at the end of the day, if there's a car accident, I need to keep moving forward. I can't yes. let a car wreck. You know, now I can't get to work. Stop I've had a car everything. wreck. Yeah, it stops everything. <laughs> Speaking of uh of costs of things i've definitely ranted before on this podcast and others about (laughs) um about tipping 
Oh yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and and the insanity, you know, and the stupidity of of tipping, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the good news is there's been some progress on tipping that I've observed in a couple different places. I think mm-hmm. you might have even noticed one of these. Um, but uh, I've been to a couple of places in within recent weeks that just say like on the bill, on the menu, and you know, little little posters on the the walls that we add a 20% gratuity to all checks. Yep. I've been to other places that, you know, would do like, we add an 18% gratuity to all parties of six or more or mm-hmm. something. But now this is becoming standard. So, okay. Really wish you would just raise your damn prices by 20%. <laughs> yeah, like, why? You know, mm-hmm. just like add in your rooms and meals tax, add in your tip, Add in your kitchen appreciation fee because that's separate. That also gets thrown on there in some places. Just stop with the pretending, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like put it out there. It's just done. Just put it all there. Well, from yeah. a line item and an accounting standpoint, I would prefer to put it as, as a service charge or a gratuity charge because mm-hmm. then from an, as me as the accountant, then I can account for that easier rather than figuring out my total cost of something less all the different things in the background because it's kind of like being an msp i've got my i've got my rmm tool in there my backups all these things built in at a price per thing but But it's easier to calculate when you say as an accountant you mean like as the customer or as the owner trying to account for profit and stuff as the owner trying to just do accounting like if i'm the restaurateur You, you, but that's easy. As the owner, when you're setting the price, you've already determined it, though. You've determined a steak costs me $10. I sell it for 20 I mark up 20% on top of that for gratuity and another 6 or 9% for meals tax. Yeah. It's not like you know those numbers going in. You know them, but you have the hassle of it. Right. And, so and instead, you you're also putting, think, that, but but you're putting you, the hassle on the customer. <laughs> well, if you're throwing it as a line item, if you look at a steak, you know, yep. and your your steak is is twenty dollars, which is a cheap steak, by the way, but your steak I'm, is twenty dollars. It's and called then, a hamburger. Called a hamburger, and then now it's twenty two dollars because you don't realize that that two dollars is the hidden, well, mm-hmm. actually, be twenty four. The the twenty percent gratuity. You don't realize that four of those dollars is gratuity. You may have yep. less. You're like, well, that wasn't a $24 steak. That was only a $20 steak, really, you know, in your mind. But they're like, oh, well, the, uh, yeah, I got to keep in mind, $4 of that steak was going to my server. But but on the flip side, you know, from the customer's perspective, like you're like, wow, that was a really good $100 meal. Wait, how come I got to pay $130 for it? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but that's you the do thing. Know. It, it does show because I don't know. Right, when but, I, but you're but you're the owners. You're when you're setting the prices, no, you just factor it in. No, I'm saying as the as the customer, I like that because I I like yeah. when I go to the gas station and I feel like I'm paying too much for gas, but I look on the pump and it says, well, the state's getting thirty cents for every dollar, and the federal yeah. government's get thirty cents per dollar. I'm like, oh, well, these guys aren't screwing me; they're getting screwed, and then I'm in turn getting screwed. But it's not the gas. It's not Exxon. <laughs> but in this case, you could say the wait staff are getting screwed because they're getting paid $2 an hour plus tips. <laughs> All right. So and that's the whole point yeah. of this whole tipping thing is you're screwing the the wait staff. You're like, oh, yeah. I don't need to pay you. You know, you just <laughs> you just get tips. And mm-hmm. so 
Anyway, well, right, that's kinda, my rant on tipping. Yeah, they're kind of making that, you know, to where they they get paid, you know, based on volume, yeah. really. Yeah, we'll make it yeah, up on volume. I was in I was in Miami Beach and and they they made it. It said service charge, which wasn't clear to me because I'm like, well, is this the service charge or is this the gratuity to the server? Because if it's a service yeah. charge and I don't add an additional tip. Did I screw my server or did uh-huh. my server get 20% plus whatever I tipped and the server screwed me? <laughs> but you're making my argument for me though. See, that's the point is I've heard this too, like that there are places that say we will add a 20% gratuity. I have heard it said by wait staff that, oh yeah, we don't get that. The restaurant keeps that. And that's why they say, here's the bill, $100. Here's an 18% gratuity, which supposedly the, you know, the, the restaurant is keeping. And there's another line for additional tip. That's the actual tip that would go to the waitstaff. Now, I haven't yeah. witnessed this myself. So I don't know, but I've been told by people who work, you know, as waiters and waitresses in restaurants that that has happened too. Well, so that's just another example of, you know, screwing someone over. Yeah, well, if that's true, they should leave that restaurant because they are being unfairly treated. Right. No, absolutely. <laughs> but how would you and I know that? Again, to, to your point, as you don't know how you you don't know if that's going on when you're just sitting there paying your bill, and again, you don't know if that service charge is that going to the waiter or is that going to the owner? You know, like who's that? You know. So that's why, again, just get rid of all this crap. Just give me a price and then <laughs> done. Yeah. We just go back to uh, Will Wheaton's, uh, you know, motto on the internet. Mm. Don't be a dick. <laughs> That's, that, uh, I, don't, I think there are a lot of people out there who have not gotten that memo. Yeah. They've gotten the memo, but just, just follow that advice and you know, you know. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah. So yeah. we're we were gonna hit AI today. And, let's do that. Uh, let's do that. So so I was at um the MSP 501 uh leadership summit. That's why I was in Miami Beach. Uh oh. otherwise it it I was gonna, I thought you were gonna say it was the your MSP uh Levi's 501, not leader. <laughs> yeah, so it's a leadership summit. And uh we were there because we were sublime was receiving an award for being a member of the 101. We didn't make the 501 list. The 501 list is a top 501 managed service providers uh, in the world uh, from as far as a rating and growth. It's really based on growth, how, how fast you're growing and how much revenue. So, uh, so me as a smaller company can compete with a multi you know, a billion dollar company because it's comparing uh, percentage growth. And of course, there's there's arguments against that, too, because if you're a billion dollar company, it's harder to grow 20 percent than it is for a million dollar company to grow 20 percent. But we're not arguing that. So so but we didn't make the 501. We made the 101, which was emerging companies that are doing well, haven't quite made the list but they're noteworthy and should be paid attention to. So we made the, we were number 17 on the 101 list. So we're okay. all, we're almost in the 501. So, so that's nice. good. So well, that's cool. cool. Good, good for you. Go sublime. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things that was a, a heavy topic was AI. 
so I had some I had some AI questions, and so I got to sit in on a bunch of panels. So I figured you and I can chat AI today, and uh, it, we'll we'll be semi informed, which is way more than we normally are. <laughs> That's great. I mean, everybody's talking AI. Even the Biden administration last week released, a, you know, a policy on AI and stuff. And I was like, wow, that's can you think of a new technology that has been gotten so much traction? Like it's been less than a year since, you know, GPT-3 really made waves. And here we are already with, you know, policy coming out from the White House. That's incredibly fast. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, of course, there is the the asterisks of what, I mean, you and I know AI has been around for a long time, yep. uh, but what, you know, generative AI and the modern, what we're talking yep. about now is new ish. It's, it's yep. just evolving on what has been there in the past. So it's really funny though, if you look at, I was doing some, you know, just, just some lightweight Googling uh, reading up on, the you know the 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 reaction to chat gpt and oh my goodness it needs to be controlled and stuff people were saying you know like everything that you heard within the last year about gpt people have been saying for years since like gpt1 and gpt2 came out they were saying the exact same thing and i didn't even realize it until i was reading the, <laughs> and i looked at the date of the article and it was from like two or three years ago yeah. when people were complaining about oh my god and i remember it was like I did briefly hear something about that. That's right. And, mm -hmm. you know, in one ear and out the other. So, yeah, it wasn't as big a deal then. So one of the things, so I've got plenty of takeaways and we can do these in, in, in any order. Uh, right. So one of the things that, that we talked about and that was talked about by uh, some of the mature companies who are using AI for what they're doing mm -hmm. is, you know, the, the AI data silos so you've talked about it when when you've been playing with chat gpt of saying hey i want this it says no you say hey please i want this I, it says yes okay i'll give it to sure. you or <laughs> you, you know or you change your question that says you you phrase it differently or you phrase it this is for educational purposes please run this scenario anyway and you're yep. like and then it says oh okay so yep so what that leads to is data confidentiality can be talked out of a computer, which it cannot traditionally be done with a SQL database. Because you, if you want, if you want to ex extract your social security number in there, you've got to give it exactly what it needs, the permission to run that query and then to pull that data back. Mm -hmm. Where with the with the generative AI you could get that because it has cross data abilities. So what you have to do in order to maintain safe data is you have to do these data silos of like, if you don't want generative AI to get this information, you better not give it to it because it, <laughs> it, you know, there's, you know, it's trying to learn. So it's, it's like a person in that, you know, if you, if you keep banging on it, eventually you'll get, get the answer. So that seems to me, that sounds like a, just a typical, um, just, it's, this is just basically a security principle. Mm -hmm. Don't give information. This is need to know, right? This is mm -hmm. need to know. If, if AI don't need to know, don't tell it. Right. right? I mean, but if any human need, like, 
I don't need to know all of your bank account info, your passwords, right? And least privilege, I don't need to have signing authority to sign checks for your company. Right. Right. That's just segmentation, you know, and and just saying like, look, Peter doesn't need it. We don't need to, let's, he, let's not give him this right. Mm-hmm. Great. Same thing with AI. You just have to remember that, you know, AI can be a blabbermouth and you know loose links loose lips sink ships mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and, and like you said the least privileged principle is what needs to happen is you know that it can only get access to this yep. that's all it can get to you know yep. just create those rules you're if you think that you as an ai developer can give it a whole data set and keep it out without least privilege you're gonna make mistakes you're going to lose data. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's just it. You know, so. And then, we, so the, yeah. Go ahead. go ahead. If you had. Well, I was going to say it was not unlike a conversation I was having at work today where we were discussing um, responding to cer- certain security events and the, you know, um, a customer wants like, just the the help desk, you know, the help desk should be able to handle these questions when they come in. And, you know, the response was like, okay, let's take the lowest person you have on your help desk, first week on the job, brand new, doesn't really know, and you pit them up against a genuine, you know, APT nation state actor mm-hmm. launching a social engineering attack. Are you sure that that person is going to come out on top, right? I'm thinking probably not. So maybe that first level person should not have all the same permissions. And, you know, maybe we don't let them unlock accounts or do MFA token resets and stuff like that. Create VPN accounts. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the kind of thing that maybe we leave those out, right? Or mm-hmm. we just don't even, we just say, we're just not even going to give that to the help desk, right? Mm-hmm. Help desk doesn't get to do those. Those have to be escalated to a higher person along the food chain. Well, and kind of, you know, my company's small. I mean, compared to the what you guys do, we're small. And I've made a rule. If you are a help desk technician, you are not allowed to be on a server. Yeah, I could. I I need to set pass. You know, I was like, well, you need to. We need to write policy of what you're allowed to do, and you stick mm-hmm. to those things. Until then, yep. you may not log into any server. Yeah, which <laughs> to me seems perfectly reasonable yeah. for help desk. Yeah, but I mean, that's just it. Like when you're ready, you'll bubble up out of that role, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah, that works. So. One of the one of the other things that came from the conference was a uh, a prediction, which I take with a grain of salt because you know the data analysts in March were saying that we were about ready to hit a recession, you know, in the second quarter, yep. when yep. this year in the IT sector has been the greatest growth that we've ever had before from yep. from the IT sector, <laughs> which was predicted to be. A recession. So, all that would say with a grain of salt. So, what he what he was saying was that uh, I forget his name. Um, that he's with a company called Canalys, which is a terrible name in my opinion, but uh, that's the name of the company or the data. And 
what he was saying was that everybody is going to have AI. Every machine, like yeah. every computer is going to have AI, every you know server or whatever. And AI is going to be a commodity. It won't be the way that it is today as an engine. So to me, I almost heard that as kind of like search was, you know, now search is in everything. Search is in your browser, search is in Google, you know, search on your computer, you find files. Cause I mean, if you remember searching in the late nineties, you had to have search installed. You had to I have was it just going to say, you had to install <laughs> Google desktop. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it, it had to be indexed. If it wasn't indexed, you know, it spun and spun and spun, you know? So I, I think that there might be some truth to that, but I don't know that it'll be a commodity, but he's saying like in two years, AI will be a commodity in everything that we buy. I think that's reasonable because it's already everywhere. I mean, it's in your web browser, right? It's already there in edge. Mm -hmm. It's it's there. And, you know, vendors are are putting it into everything that well, even what's like, is it Snapchat? I think Snapchat installed their AI assistant some time mm -hmm. ago. I, I don't think it was very popularly received. But it's 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 coming everywhere. You know, everyone's going to have an AI of some sort. You know, mm -hmm. the, the, I re, it really makes me wonder how well implemented they're going to be. Yeah. You know, and and will people like you know like myself who are curious in it and want to leverage it more, will we still have an advantage over those who still don't even know what you know what's a what's a GPT? Yeah, you know. Well, and you know what I would like today in AI that I don't have is I have a chat engine on my website. If you go to my homepage, chat. Yep. yep. I wish it would chat back with people in an intelligent way, but it barely does now. <laughs> so what, what drives your website's chat feature? Uh, it's a, it's a, it's not an AI. It's a, Correct. it's a backend script. You know, there's scripting and I want AI to, I want to, I want to teach it. I want to teach it a whole bunch of things about my company and about how we do business. And it can answer those questions for potential clients. And, yep. you know, it just, it does the basic stuff. I mean, I'm sure <laughs> that those exist though. There've got to be AI. If you search for that, I'm sure you could replace it today with a, an LLM based chatbot. I'm sure yeah. that exists. Yeah, I need it. Um, but uh, yeah. It, it, there's add-on plugins for the, the chat engine I'm using right now, but I have had no time to develop it because I can't just put it out there without testing and <laughs> yep. all those things. So, yep. Well, I mean, they, 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 I, I'm sure someone has made one and maybe even an open source one. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't mind paying. <laughs> uh, salesperson. All right. Your turn. My turn. Uh, what we're talking about more more AI stuff? Oh yeah, I've got a whole list of it there. I can, oh okay. Uh, I well, I, don't want it to be I my show. Yeah, this <laughs> week I I started and by started I mean just just barely dabbled with like a couple of queries, uh, but I started using perplexity.ai. Okay. Which, as I understand it, started out as just an aggregator of GPT and Claude. Mm -hmm. but apparently you can use it. It's like, they do like a, um, you know, $20 a month, same, same price as GPT plus same price as, uh, uh, as Claude. Uh, but what it does is apparently it aggregates them and it also does real time, uh, web searches. 
So the theory is by taking these two, which coincidentally, they're the two uh, models that I'm using the most anyway, um, that, you know, and then you stack on top of it more like real time results, you get better, you know, better answers and stuff. Okay. So I've been playing with it just a little bit. Um, but again, didn't really get very far with it. So mm -hmm. um, that's something I'm checking out. Thing is, it seems like on iOS, they want you to subscribe, but on the web, there's a free tier that you can just, you know, use like, like most of them do. Um, so I don't have anything really cool to report about it just yet. Nothing definitive. Mm -hmm. um, but I've been noticing like the other day I, I was, uh, I said, um, trying to decide on uh, date night, you know, Wednesday night, it's date night. Where's a good place to take my girlfriend in Boston, you mm -hmm. know, for a year. And I said, I forget what the parameters were, but I basically gave the same query to, to, you know, a few of them. And, and I threw it at Bard too, just for kicks. And so that's <laughs> oh, still so bad. Yeah. <laughs> so um, in the end, it came out with some pretty good ideas, but then I remembered, oh, wait, there was this other restaurant that I want, I've been wanting to go back to for some time. <laughs> so we ended up going there instead. There so, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I was like, all right, I got some, I got some decent suggestions. So, so I thought that was pretty cool. Cool. So one of the things that is pretty common right now is people are doing a lot with videos, photography. One, um, I was digging in, there's architecture and landscape. So the things that I was looking at, those, those look like fun. They look like big time wasters for me. Uh, I yep. mean, I would, I would enjoy them. I'd make some really cool pictures, but I'm not in the design world. So I could see you know, as a designer, you know, saying, I would like to see Peter on the moon riding a rocket ship, you know, and it generated an image and, you know, oh, this is perfect. This will, this will match Peter's article. And, and you, you didn't have to build it from scratch, starting from nothing. You know, that's cool. Mm -hmm. But the, the quality is not, it's not done. You know, it's like 80% mm -hmm. done. And then yeah. you then you have to make it all the way. So I think it does save you some time there. Videos would be fun. Photos would be fun. The podcast videos things. There's lots of things out there for the podcast and the video and the transcript. And you know you build all that stuff out. It takes all the uh, what are the the in between words the uh, uh uh you know it removes those from the transcripts yep. and things like that. Yep. So those. Those would be cool, and those would make a really nice, polished podcast, but it's still not really awesome. Uh, one mm -hmm. of the things that I saw, so my my youngest daughter is in school to be an architect right now. And so she is, um, I mean, she's doing the five-year program. She'll come out with her master's and be ready to be an architect. Uh, but, you know, they're doing the, the true traditional architecture stuff. And I texted her, I was like, are you guys doing AI for design and concept? Because if you don't, you are going to be beat out by these hacks. They don't, they're not architects. They didn't go to school, but they can take a picture and say, in this space, give me outdoor living. Okay, there it is. Okay, make that stove stone. Okay, there it is. Make, you know, make the chairs wicker. There it is. You know, this, these, these concepts, you know, the, the professionals who are doing this for real, who really understand it, they're going to have to embrace this or they're going to be beat out by the hacks. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. That, that's the thing. Again, you know, it's the tool. And that's what, what I was talking about too, is like, you know, those who are embracing it, 
versus those who just get it, right? You know, it's like if if you buy a car with automatic um, brake assisting, right? Mm -hmm. Or, and automatic stay in lane, then that's different from uh say me consciously buying a tesla with autopilot and turning it on right mm-hmm. so you know i'm just curious like where the the divide between um you know like consciously wanting to use and embrace the technology mm-hmm. versus just having it done for you comes yeah. in and you know to what effect will that affect uh will that be realized and will the differences be realized yeah yeah all right so my next thing was uh another really good thing for um ai is quality and assurance for manufacturing you know the so the i list i watched a guy on ted talk and you know he was talking about how so like in a uh t-shirt manufacturing or, or any sort of clothing manufacturing, looking for discolorations, cuts, things like that. Uh, you know, every picture, every, every shirt has a picture taken of it as it's moving past. And the AI can then quickly say, you know, make determinations of, okay, there's like, there's, there's 10 shirts here in a row that have a cut. We've got a problem with the machine. Stop it. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a snag, there's a something, there's a discolor in the ring but but again that's not a new idea now i i think that there you know that's kind of cool but one of my early clients um was uh, a leader in uh, machine vision Mm -hmm. and they were you know back in the 90s they they were making cameras and uh, lighting systems for cameras to do that sort of detection thing Mm -hmm. In fact, like, I think it was, I want to say um, DiGiorno or not Domino's, but a pizza factory that, you know, ships out frozen pizzas. Yeah. They were using their stuff back in the day, you know, like we're talking more than like, like 30 years ago, they were using that to detect like if there was a rip in the plastic around you know and and then if that's you know pulling that off the you know the assembly line as it's moving down so again you know not a new idea just Mm -hmm. a new you know a a newer i guess it's just an application of the technology in a new way or what is this this is this application of a new technology for an existing thing though it's not you know yeah but what you get today is real time because it used to be well because i were i had a manufacturing company and they did they did leds so they were doing circuits and they took a picture of every circuit so that if there was a quality issue down the line then they were able to identify where the quality issue occurred but it was reactionary because it you didn't they didn't look for a problem unless there was a problem reported in the field now in a circuit that's a little bit harder because you can't look at it from a picture alone and know that there's a problem unless it's a physical soldering or physical malformation of it. You know, you, if it looks physically fine, you can't tell that it's bad until it's fired up. Right. But being able to tell that, yeah, (laughs) but being able to tell that real time, 
you know, stop the presses, you know, (laughs) stop, stop them now, rather than it doesn't have to get to the end user for it to be determined. And then you react, you're like, okay, well, this batch from June 5th to June 8th, all those are bad. We got to recall all those. You recall them on the factory floor. I mean, that's, yeah, exactly. That saves money. Yep. Mm-hmm. And not like, um, you know, and you don't recall them like my Tesla, which, um, <laughs> you know, which when I bought it, uh, shipped unable to charge at a Tesla supercharger. Well, that's understandable. I mean, come on, Peter. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. What are you thinking? It's <laughs> it's like it's like expecting that my Apple AirPods will easily work with my Apple iPhone. What am I thinking? <laughs> silliness, silliness. Oh, well, man. Speaking of old technologies that we're we're really doing now, and you know, and this used to be what I used to describe AI when people were like, "Have you heard of AI?" I'm like, "Yeah, we're using it all the time." Have you seen the blacklist? I mean, <laughs> that's that that's AI. But image recognition, I mean, Google, all my Google Nest, it tells me, you know, if Peter walks to my front door, it says Peter's here. You know, <laughs> Peter's at your front door. He recognizes your face. You know, those things, uh, those are cool. Uh, I like those. It's, it's smart enough to know I turn pets off. I don't care if my dog walks up to the door, but some people do. And, you know, but it also determines, I don't need to notify Adam that there's a person at the door. This is a dog. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I do the same thing. I do have it on right now with my, um, with, with dogs because I don't have any, but sometimes I like to know when the neighbor's dog comes to visit because they're cute (laughs) and I get a kick out of watching it. But uh, that's another thing. I won't get into a rant, but man, my Eufy security cameras, battery lives are horrible. I'm just hoping that the leaves will soon blow off the tree in my front yard. So the, the solar panel I have can get mm-hmm. some more sun, but these things are supposedly good for 180 day battery life, battery life. And it's not and yet this thing with a solar panel attached to it is losing like two to 3% per day. Oh, that's sad. do the math. That's not even a month. right so that's ridiculous Mm -hmm. yeah well i've got one of those um at my back door and so it does the uh it's got i I do like it it's got a battery built in but you got to make sure that nobody turns off the switch because it'll die after 30 90 days so i just make sure that i now have a piece of tape over the switch so people can't turn it off (laughs) (laughs) Nice. <laughs> oh boy. Low tech. All right. Back to AI. <laughs> Back to or AI. We start to, yeah. Yeah. Where else? What else do we have with AI? All right. So another thing. Uh, so in the small business, one of the examples was so the the pizza manufacturer. So or not pizza shop, not manufacturer, pizza shop. A guy, you know, looking at these small data sets that has you know, instead of a million and, you know, a million data points, we're looking at hundreds of data points. Well, on Friday nights, this specific type of pizza seems to be the best seller. Mm. So as a small business owner, you could then prepare for Friday nights of this particular, you know, (laughs) at least make sure you have the ingredients for that. Maybe pre, you know, do some preparation of making those times shorter for any of those things that you're going to make. So the small business owner has 
access to AI now that they never had before. Sure. But I mean, and again, that could be useful. Maybe you never thought of that before, but a regular non-artificial intelligence could have looked and said, hey, we sell a lot of pepperoni and, and sausage on Friday nights. <laughs> uh, I agree with you, Peter, especially when you're looking at, you know, 200 items for the last two weeks of, <laughs> okay, you know, not, you know, millions of data points, but yeah. yeah. I mean, that gets me back to like my folks. I remember like they used to always know like, you know, like, oh, we always sell out of such and such. I'm like, well, if you always sell out, why don't you have more? <laughs> yeah. You know, I was like, come on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So then the next thing is, is, is things that I think AI is making us stupid as a people. <laughs> and with a caveat, you probably know where I'm going to go. We're already <laughs> stupid and we're already getting stupider. Yeah. But yeah, tell us, how else are we getting stupid? So so generative text. You know, I was, I was watching a thing that was talking about emails. So if you sent me an email and you asked me a question, and then I turned around and said, AI, answer this question and send a response back to Peter. And it responds back and you say, well, I'm not actually going to read this email. AI, summarize what Adam sent to me. <laughs> uh -huh. So uh -huh. so now I'm not really talking to you. Our computers are just, you, you, and you're not listening to me. Our computers are just talking. And we just are trusting that the communication that's going back and forth between our computers is good. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. That's and that's it. You know that that joke has, has been going around for a while now, where it's been like, yeah, um, you know, we've got to just just let the computers talk to each other. That's fine. Yeah. Just uh, you know, so you have the two computers emailing each other and stuff on your behalf. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, every you know what SEO is: search yeah. engine optimization. Mm -hmm. So in order to have good search engine optimization, your, uh, your content needs to be unique. It can't be something, you know, if, if you wrote something good, I can't possibly take what you wrote that's good and paste it in my, in my website. I've got to, I've got to summarize it in a new way. Yep. So AI is turning around and saying, resummarize what Peter wrote and it writes it up in a unique way. Yep, it's still saying the same thing, but now my SEO has gone up because I have unique content, sort of, sort of, <laughs> sort of. If, if not all that original, <laughs> yeah. But the problem is, it we want we want SEO. We want people coming to our website. We want them to do business with us. And yes. we found that the best way to do that is to generate unique content. So we have millions of companies like me generating unique content every single day. Mm -hmm. Who's reading this unique content? It's not AIs. you. It's AIs, <laughs> Google, the machines, the AdWords. Only AI is reading that crap. And it's just, it's deciding who gets to be at the top because the content is unique. People aren't reading that. They don't care. <laughs> yep. That's so, it. 
So it is, it is making us stupid. We're not, we're not reading the content that's being written out there. We just yep. want content so that we show up on top in the SEO. Yep. So that <laughs> computers can find you on top when they look for you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh man. I think that's pretty good. Um, should we move on and uh, start to wrap this up? Uh, yeah, we're going to have to. All right. <laughs> Actually, well. we should let the AI write it up and finish could please please finish the rest of our podcast for us and summarize this <laughs> if, we had, if we had thought we should probably have had the ai just run the whole podcast so. <laughs> episode 202 will be run by the pot or run by the ai <laughs> so i will say this uh, as we know um i recently got rid of my tesla and replaced it with a kia mm -hmm. ev6 um and i am looking now at the comma 3x the comma dot, uh, comma dot ai if you want um i watched a, about a 14 minute video on comma and the founder i did not realize the founder of comma ai is george hotz used to go by the handle geo hot back in the day who was the first kid who jailbroke the iphone huh I didn't realize this was the same guy. And all of a sudden, oh, it makes a lot of sense. But mm -hmm. um, essentially what they're doing is they're they're bringing driverless car, you know, self-driving capability to cars that don't have it. You have to have some kind of camera, some kind of technology that it integrates with. Mm -hmm. But my car is on the list. And so for around 1250 bucks, you get the hardware, which includes, uh, you know, a heads up display, like, you know, a phone size display mm -hmm. uh, and a mounting kit. And I bet, I guess it's also got, a, I don't know if it uses the built in with the car or if it has its own like monitoring tracking thing to make sure your hands are on the wheel, your eyes are on the road, mm -hmm. but essentially you yank out whatever car's self-driving capability or driver assistance features you have, and you replace it with this. Mm -hmm. and i'm really kind of curious i'm really kind of interested to see because i'm pretty happy with the kia but there are some things i must admit that the tesla did a little better mm -hmm. and, and i'm kind of curious yeah yeah you know the, the self-driving i i have almost zero interest in that but yep. but what i would like is i would like haptic feedback when I'm about yep. to make a mistake or the car perceives me as about to make a mistake. Just going to say, have you ever accidentally run a stop sign or a red light by accident? Just not noticed it. Yeah. Right? It's been very small, but I have. Bingo. Uh, that was a one thing when I had the Tesla, um, you know, I paid for the upgrade to full self-driving, which I never realized, never got that. Mm -hmm. But it did one time I was about to drive. It did point out that, yo, dude, red light. And I was like, oh, crap. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so I was like, OK, you know, there, there, there can be a case for some sort of, you know, additional safety features. I mean, think about it. Like, am I going to say I don't want anti-lock brakes? I don't need to wear a seatbelt. I don't want an airbag, right? No, <laughs> I want all those things, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So anyway. Well, and I haven't made that many mistakes. I mean, I, I want to say that I could probably count them on one hand. Yeah. May, it may not even go over to the second hand, but it only takes one of those to Bingo! take my life. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's exactly where I was going with that. Because yeah. I can only recall one time for sure that I ran through a light 
yeah, it was like at a bridge situation. Like there was an underpass, yep. and I just I just didn't see the stop. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I ran through it, and I mean, it was not a close call or anything. But yeah. I I realized like, oh my goodness, I just ran through that light. Yeah. <laughs> me which i i hate is like when i don't realize that there is a pedestrian waiting beside the crosswalk to cross oh. right not like in the middle of the road but they're just waiting for traffic to stop because mm-hmm. there's sometimes and then i realize like oh okay i guess i was probably going too fast right but you know because there are places like where we have crosswalks here in boston where the cars will park right up, you know, there'll be like two parked cars and there's a crosswalk right in between them. So the head of one car and the tail of another car, and there's a crosswalk in between where they're parked. And someone is standing right there. You don't see them until you're almost right next to them, right? Mm -hmm. But maybe the camera could get a glimpse of something you didn't see. Or, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. if I was looking a little more carefully at that, part of the road rather than the car that was next to me, which I thought was swerving into my lane. I could have done a better job and been a more polite motorist. And, you know, so it's just things like that. If it can make me a safer driver, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just those extra, like, I don't want the car driving for me, but I wouldn't mind the extra alerts, you know, even my wife's car. So it's got, it's got some of the extra beeps when there's something behind you. Yeah. And yep. the sensor's a little too high. Uh, but I would rather, I'd rather it be a little too high and then may not run over a child or, so, you know, something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Then next week, we're going to talk about why there are too many cars in America. <laughs> in the world. <laughs> uh, on that note, I think you should take us out so I can get to my next meeting. <laughs> yes. And well, dear listener, we thank you for joining us today. Uh, we would like your feedback. If you'd like to discuss a particular topic or uh, discuss the topic that we have just done, then you can drop us a line at www.blurringthelinespodcast.com or you can find us at yogawithpeter.com, friendswithbrews.com, Nicolaitis at infosec.exchange, sublimecomp.com, rrlavenderfarm.com, or on the X at sublimecomp. I say, dude, where can't you find us? <laughs> yeah. Jeez, we're, we're everywhere. Yeah. If you if you can't find us, you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not looking hard <laughs> yeah. Or neither your your AI isn't looking hard your, enough. Your AI. And on that note, good. yeah. It's, on that it, note, it's time to push. Big red button. Press it, AI. <laughs> to contact either us or our guests, visit blurringthelinespodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.